Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. It is the host of the Dose of Death podcast. It is Lauren fucking Rosenberg. How are you today, sir? I am good. It's actually your dose of death just for the viewers or listeners at home for your ear for the earwaves that is Australia and around the world. Thank you for having me on, Rafe. As always, it is the hottest, most over positively awesome deathmatch podcast you can find in the United States and all around the world. So again, Rafe, thank you for having me on oh, to share the spotlight time. with you. Oh, dude, it's it's awesome. It's been nice getting to know you over these last couple of days and and we'll have some fun today. I just wanted to basically sit down with you and we'll shoot the shit a little bit and see how everything's been going with you, man. Um, it's been good. I mean, it's Easter here as we're recording this. So just been able to spend a lazy Sunday, got out for a nice walk. The weather's actually nice here in um, Chicago, Illinois, in the the good old USA of A, as we like to call it. Um, it's It's been awesome. I've been busy making sure my podcast as well, Your Dose of Death, has been hitting the airwaves for everyone to listen. I have some really awesome episodes coming up, so I'm really excited for everyone to listen to these next few weeks of amazing wrestling podcastery. Exactly. And if anybody hasn't checked out your dose of death, he's already got some really cool uh, interviews up, uh, cover, covering all sorts of uh, deathmatch wrestlers. Yeah, and I've, I also want to just put this out, like as well as independent wrestlers. I've had some great people on, of course, um, just to kind of go through what I've been able to accomplish so far. Um, never in my... Wildest Dreams, I got to interview Bam Sullivan as my very first episode. The current H2O, Danny Havoc, hardcore champion, in my opinion, the most prestigious title in the East Coast slash the world of deathmatch wrestling. Um, got to interview one of my great friends, my mentor, Tiffany, as part of the No Holds Bar podcast, if anyone's listened to that. And then, of course, my dear friends, um, uh, Martin and John of Wrestling Unicorns. If you haven't heard of them, they basically go to wrestling shows all across the United States, have worked for GCW, ICW, um, Warrior Wrestling, any really big-name independent promotion, and underrated promotions as well as local wrestling in Texas where they're taking clips for these promoters and spreading it out to the world. So you may have heard of some of the guys that you're going to see come main weekend, such as the end seeker Dante Leone, who's, who their clip broke the internet, and now he's being booked on GCW. Yeah, right. Which clip was that? Because I think I followed it was, with Unicorns. Um, it was the Shooting Star Cutter. Oh, okay. It, it, was a sh- it, was, it was a Shooting Star press that turned into a cutter. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, he literally did the play. It was like a corkscrew yeah. Shooting Star press cutter. Jesus. And so, shout out to Dante Leone, who's going to be on Jimmy's D-Generation F, literally a guy who is going to be on the up and up independent wrestling, so don't miss out on him come Mania weekend. Uh, who else? Um, my fourth episode with one of my dear friends in all of independent wrestling and Alex Cologne. Um, as I've told him and as I've told the world, like he is one of my deathmatch heroes. He's a guy I looked up to. Literally, when I started watching deathmatch wrestling around three, four years ago, he was one of the first guys I watched. So getting interviewed my deathmatch hero was literally one of the greatest things I could have ever imagined. Um, of course, also, I like to interview my content creators, such as Jonesy, who, um, if you haven't heard of him, does really cool edibles, space cookies, merch. We're literally the merch that he makes. Um, part of the horror collab, literally all proceeds go to wrestlers. So he's done it with Jeff Cannonball, 
Lee Moriarty, Billy Starks, like amazing people. So hit it up, Jonesy. Um, who else? Matt Tremont, of course, my one of my most recent episodes, one that has really gained the praises of, I know, yourself and really the world. I've had people who have messaged me from Spain about that episode. I yeah, kid wow. you not. That, so that's amazing. I, another one like my death like as well. Yeah, exactly. He he comes across so genuine uh, and kind, you know what I mean? So people can't help but feel drawn to him. <laughs> um, I, I think the best way to put that episode for me was I was sitting under the learning tree. Yeah. It was really under the learning tree. It was something where, like, I've always wanted to have something with him. And it was funny, kind of a little secret here, but it took me three times to finally, like, sit down and get him for this interview. We had to schedule things around, and it was just third time's a charm. And the third time really was a charm. It was sitting under the learning tree, learning really about really the near end of his career. And now the growth and development of guys I cannot stress enough are really the future of independent wrestling in the H2O Academy. If you've never watched their shows, I highly, 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 highly recommend their shows. Those kids are doing stuff that five-year independent wrestlers are jealous of. Yeah, they've, they've been a super impressive um, uh, promotion, putting out lots of stuff. I did a uh, an episode a while ago, a while ago called "Thank You Tremont," and it was basically my gut reaction after watching his final match at the Last Extravaganza with Ricky Shane Page. Um, and yeah, he, he, that is the kind of show. Like, if anybody wanted to know what they're about, flick on that quick episode because. It's kind of a bit of an emotional reaction where it's just like this guy's entire career summed up in like one match, you know? And yeah, it really touched me. I thought it thought it was really cool. And that's the kind of work that Tremont does. He tells stories yeah. and it's impressive. He is an absolute storyteller. And if you have listened to my episode about Tremont, you know that night he dedicates that night to Danny Havoc yeah. a lot. And Danny was another one of my deathmatch heroes. And I told him this before we record, like, I got to interview two of my four wrestling heroes, my deathmatch heroes. Like, yeah. a tw- I'm, a, I'm just a, for those of you that don't know, I'm just a 25 year old, middle of the road, blue collar wrestling fan from Chicago, and I got into this podcast world like just like that only a few months ago. Like, March was my first full month podcasting, and I've already gotten to interview people that. I think others would be like, wait, what? How did you get that? And um, the thing with Danny Havoc was he kind of like looks over the H2O. You know, there's that the photo of him in the rafters. And, of course, like there was a moment where that match was possibly not going to happen because the cops came. Yeah. And Shrema was like, guys, and like they were not, they, the cops were like, no, we're going to let this go. Like, it's fine. You're, you're familiar with the area. Just be safe and all that. And he, he dedicates that mo- those kind of moments to Danny Howard, just looking over him and looking over the well-being of H2O. So I think that was a really emotional part of that episode. But, again, I mean, yeah, as you put it, like, thank you, Tremont, for absolutely everything. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a special person, and I think he's going to continue to positively – uh, influence wrestling for years and years and years to come. Like you said, with his students, with H2O, I think he's uh, got some pretty big plans with what he wants to do. Uh, absolutely. Be, be definitely in store these next few months for H2O. They got a lot of fantastic stuff, especially Mania Week. They have subterranean violence mm-hmm. coming up, which is going from the previews and clips that I've seen 
Um, that is going to be one hell of a show to definitely not miss on IWTV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I normally kind of ask people this, and anytime you like uh, do a, a wrestling podcast interview, you always kind of want to know where people are coming from, man. So what was your kind of first uh, exposure to professional wrestling? Like, do you have a particular <laughs> match that jumps out, or do you remember like uh, catching a show, or, or how did it come into your life? So my timeline of my wrestling fandom is incredibly weird. Um, I say that because I got into wrestling in 2008. I was kind of a late bloomer. I had known about professional wrestling all my life, but really like 2008, and I don't remember when, but the way I got into it, this is going to sound really funny to you, but it was a Randy Orton promo. I was channel surfing in my basement in my, uh, my home, and a Randy Warren promo on Raw came up, and I was immediately hooked. Out of all the things in wrestling, a Randy Orton promo got me into wrestling. And I was like, okay, this guy is, like, legit. Holy shit, he knows how to – he speaks to me. So then I started watching Raw when ECW was on Sci-Fi. One of the guys that first got me into it was Christian. And I'm, I'm, I am a Christian mark till the day I die. That man, he was, like, one of the first guys I really connected with in wrestling, as well as Edge. So Edge and Christian, of course, they're like two peas in a pod almost. And so those were like the really guys. But then I kind of like had like a falling out, like around high school. You know how like in high school everyone kind of like, oh, wrestling's for kids and all that, you know. <laughs> and so, but then like near like the end of high school when I was going to college, I like discovered like Ring of Honor. I discovered Impact. I discovered all these promotions. And I was like, oh, like there's more than just WWE. I didn't know this. And so I got into it. I was um, cool. it was cool, and I was like, oh, like there's like all these indies. Like I want to get into the indies, like New Japan, like all these independent promotions. And crazy enough, it's like okay, like this is there. But then like really like four or five years ago was really when I got into deathmatch wrestling. I was on YouTube. I was surfing, and then GCW came up on my YouTube suggestions. Of course, YouTube is like always trying to figure out what you want to watch, right? Yeah. It, it, and I call, when I first started watching Deathmatch Wrestling, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. I was like, ah, I'll see how this is. And like the first realization of like seeing the glass, seeing the light tubes, seeing the barbed wire, seeing the, the realism, I was like, this feels like my calling to wrestling. Holy shit, where has this been my entire life? Lauren Rosenberg, what the hell? And really since then, from what I can remember, like the guys like the Nick Gages, the Alex Colones, the Matt Tremonts, the Danny Havocs, and seeing like learning about these guys and seeing what they do and the work they put in, I was hooked. And really that's kind of my strange, crazy, bizarre timeline of my wrestling fandom, as I'll put it. Yeah, exactly. I think we all have uh gone through points where, you know, you drop in and out and things like that, you know. Um, it's sort of the the way life will happen. But then eventually it comes back around. And I, I think for me as well, like, uh, now that things like podcasts exist and, um, you know, there's documentaries and, like, wrestlers talk about things and do interviews and kayfabe is pretty much dead and stuff. It's <laughs> All of that is, like, more... It is part of it for me, you know, like it, like it can be more interesting because of that, because it is such a, like a unique uh, art form. And so like learning about the kind of people and the kind of mindsets that will 
do these things and go through these is, is just as interesting as the actual um, matches themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to touch on this, like how I got into the wrestling podcasting business of things. Mm-hmm. So it was really last year. Like, of course, COVID kind of affected everyone's lives. I was stuck in my home. I had actually been furloughed from my job for like three months. So that was kind of a rough patch. And yeah. so wrestling really kind of, gave me that outlet that others didn't to do. And I kept kind of, and then it's funny on everybody was like the angry tweeter. And I kind of turned into that and come the fall of last year, the collective. So of course, um, out of all the matches that were occurring, Joey Janela spring break four was like my favorite event because of one thing and one thing only, and you already know what I'm going to say, Alex Colon, Matt Tremont. There is not a single match you could have put in front of me that was like, this is where the investment is going. The promo work was really good before that. The videos were really good before that. Everything was well done. I was like, I'm staying up till as long as I have to to see this through. And I did, and I, I literally almost wanted to cry from that. But, that being said, of course, Wrestle Twitter is kind of this weird thing, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but I kind of saw people kind of ripping on that main event. And I was really, really frustrated. I was angry. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm like, you can't tell me that this has less of a story than the things you're seeing on Raw. You can't tell me that this has less of a story than the things you're going to see on AEW. And I was like, these guys put their body, their heart, their soul into this match, and you're just going to say, nope, I'm turning it off. Nope, I don't like this. I'm turning it off. And they'll openly say on Twitter. And wrestlers started liking my tweets about it. I was like, why are you dishing out being rude about a show that, first of all, public? I'm not going to say who because they don't deserve the attention. They don't deserve that clout, as we put it but there were publications who were covering the show that just cut out. And I was like, so you're telling me you're just going to cover the show from top to bottom except the main event because it's a death match. Your, your prejudice is showing, and it's like, I was frustrated. I, I was like, these are two guys I really care about. These are two guys I thank my, my stars and all for getting me into deathmatch wrestling. Like, Matt Tremont's Farewell to GCW. What couldn't have been any more perfect, and I mean that. And I'll, but then, as the months, as the days start going by, I'm like, I can't just be this angry tweeter. I just, I can't be that because I'm just going to get more and more angry. So I put out a tweet. Um, I was like, listen, if you have a podcast that you want me on, if you, if if there's any opportunity, I can get to just contribute to the world of deathmatch wrestling, to the world of independent wrestling, I'll do it. And um, I want to give a big shout-out to Mikey Manfredi and Ryan Nietzsche of Count Out Podcast. They're the ones who power my podcast 100% without them. This whole passion project, as I put it, would not even be a reality. So with them, they, they, they were like, they were the first ones to DM me, to like my stuff, to comment. They are like, listen, we think we have something for you. And... Uh, that was January. And then, of course, I went to February, March, and we're now here. We're now doing this 
collaboration and we're, we're making this, the dream work for me. And as I said, I'm just some 25-year-old wrestling fan from the Midwest where half the time it's a black hole of relevancy. And I'm now putting my constructive criticism and my passion of deathmatch wrestling and independent wrestling to good use. So that's really, I want to put that out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of started a podcast for the same sort of reason. Not because I feel like I maybe had anything more to offer than anybody else, but just sometimes it's it's nice to put your thoughts out in the world, you know. Wrestling can sometimes, wrestling fandom can sometimes be a pretty isolated thing, you know, especially in Australia. Yeah, there ain't, I don't know a lot of people who are as into it as, <laughs> as I am and get into like the independence and stuff like like I do, which is why when, when you reached out, I was like, great, this is somebody to talk to, like, you know. And so that was it. I was just like, well, I'm just a guy. I've got a desk in my cupboard in my apartment and I'm just going to start putting content out into the world. And I think anybody that can put themselves out there like you have is positive, man, you know. Otherwise, what you're just... Uh, typing into the darkness kind of thing, you know, with Twitter. Nobody's listening. Everybody's got the echo chamber. It's the echo chamber. Exactly. And so, you know, you're actually reaching out and and putting positive thoughts out into the world. And I think that's a really good thing, man. Yeah. I mean, 10, by the time WrestleMania is here, it's going to be 12 episodes strong and continuing where I've tried to interview all walks of life. And that's something that I wanted to really put out to this podcast. Like, Everyone wants to hear from the wrestlers, you know? Like, everyone wants to hear from the wrestlers. Everyone wants to hear from the guys who are doing it. But no one wants to hear from the guys who are creating the content. No one wants to hear from the guys who are making this merch. No one wants to hear from the people who are also fellow content creators like yourself. So I've tried really hard with this podcast to not just interview the wrestlers. Because everyone wants to hear the bread, the bread and butter of this operation that is professional wrestling. But no one wants to hear from, like, the content creators. So I've, I've really tried my damnedest to like put it out to the world that it's more than just the wrestlers. It's more than just I have I've had promoters. Um, I've had two promoters on my show because I care about what they do. Like they they're just as important as the people who are performing in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always uh, interesting stories to be told. I like to hear conversations with other fans, you know, and anybody that uh, steps, you know, beyond just fandom and gets involved, be it, you know, announcing, commentating, uh, creating in some way, you know, finding their own way to contribute is really cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. I, um, when we were, when we were speaking and stuff, we were, were talking about the stuff coming up with, uh, WrestleMania week and everything, which is coming in pretty hot with the collective. Is there anything, uh, off the, the top of your head that you're really looking forward to? <laughs> There's a lot, my friend. I know. I thought, I thought I'd just send you off on both, one for a second. <laughs> both, both, both the Collective and Showcase of Independence will have great. And I, I want to put this out there to everyone who's listening to this. I don't know when this is going to come out. But please try and support these independent wrestlers as much as possible. COVID has been hard on everybody, including myself, including wrestlers, including like journalism. Like It's been tough on everyone. And this is really a, a moment for them to kind of be like, we're back in a way. We, we had this. The Collective last year was a, was kind of like that initial push. But, of course, people were kind of on the fence about it, which is understandable. COVID was still wild and rampant here as it is now. But 
this Tampa one, the people that are going, I, I know will be safe. I know, I would sure hope the people who are going use their minds and the best mindset, I should say, to make sure they're staying safe, mask up, distance. These promotions that are running um, aren't just running for the sake of running, or most of them, I should say. I would sure hope everyone is. But to please make sure that you're socially distant, please make sure that you're just being safe because um, the world's going to be watching. And you, you want to be a good example, you know what I mean? I do. And it's all still very real for you guys over there. So we, we're at the point now where the whole country's basically unlocked. We briefly had a, a, a sort of new outbreak in Queensland, so they've closed oh, okay. borders again for, for a little bit. Um, but I imagine they'll wrap that up pretty quick. We had one... Um, I mean, Perth, well, Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne had one. Uh, yeah, Melbourne, exactly. Yeah. And that's all it takes is a quick pop-up. But the um, the government's been really good at just going, all right, lock it down. And they lock it down for a week and any new cases or whatever. And then, not nah, okay, then reopen for business. So uh, <laughs> hopefully um, we can get to the point where we're all uh, able to travel again and, you know. Yeah, but um, to get to your first question about what really excites me, there's a lot. There is an absolute lot Um so matches off the top of my head, I'm going to say this because someone, a woman who I've seen grow literally before my eyes since um, last year's collective to now, who is who just won the Cassandra Cup, Edith Surreal, the former um, Still Life with Apricots and Pears. If you've never seen her wrestler, wrestle, um, I highly recommend watching the match with Lee Moriarty for the IWTV Championship. Lee, another guy I've watched grow into this standout independent star, a guy who both of them colliding is going to be an incredible match. Um, what I mean, the, what else? Really, there is um, there's um, Dominic Greeny versus Robert Martyr is one that is going to be very interesting to me. Paradigm Pro has um, based out of Indiana has really put out an interesting concept with the UWFI rules being resurrected. The first time really in a long time that an American promotion has basically had the balls to say, we're going to go shoot fight. And, of course, um, yes, Bloodsport is the relevant one to that, but Paradigm has really perfected the formula as well. Um, Just kind of looking through my list of stuff, um, Action Wrestling with um, Southern Underground Pro, Have Fun Be Sad is an incredible card um, made by the crazy goons of Violences Forever, Dom Greeny and Kevin Koo. You're getting... Finjuice, the current Impact Tag Team Champions, facing Violence is Forever, which to me... It's crazy. Is one of the, which, which is, Violence is Forever to me is one of the best independent tag teams I've seen live on my TV. I know they're on MLW, but I, I can't say enough about them. They are really awesome. Another match on there that is going to be an eye-opener to me, and I think the main people is the unsanctioned match they have on that show with Nolan Edward and Angelus Lane. Angelus Lane is someone who has been working her butt off in the independence for years and someone who I know went through injury and now is back and has basically got the balls to say, Nolan, step on right up. We're going to have ourselves an unsanctioned match. That card is really awesome. Um, To the collective side of things, uh, every show has something for everyone. Jimmy Lloyd's D-Generation F, um, is an absolute loaded card. Um, speaking of H2O guys, Marcus Mathers, my boy Marcus Mathers, getting his debut against J.J. Garrett. Um, I, I've been begging the GCW guys to have more H2O talent because mm-hmm. they deserve it. 
they're as good as they get. They're traveling the roads. They're make putting in the work. And and I think Matt Tremont's Marcus is like team. 18, isn't he? Like something crazy. Are, like yes. <laughs> so fun fact about Marcus Mathers, I did not know this till we till me and Matt Tremont record our episode. Yes, he just turned 18. His dad is actually independent wrestler Mark Angel, if you didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, Mark Angel, H2O mainstay, a guy yeah. who's been working for them, but his son is Marcus Mathers. Right, so okay. Kind of yeah. like that family is born into professional wrestling, which is crazy enough. So yeah. um, that's really crazy. Another really good one, um, the women's match on there with Billy Sarks, who, by the way, is only 16 years old and is already having two high marquee matches that weekend with actually take you three in the whole independent calendar. She's having a match on the um, family reunion show with Gary J, which will be very, 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 very stiff. I cannot say enough. Gary J is a war course. Billy has a lot on her plate with him. Then the, the triple threat match with her, Sky Blue and Roxy. Roxy, a Texas independent mainstay. Sky Blue is someone who you may have, if you watch NWA Power, just made her appearance on there. So she is making the rounds. Her and Billy Starks kind of have this interesting rivalry that across the independents. Like, pretty sure there's been like five plus independent promotions that have booked the two of them to face off. So it's kind of like, are they just going to fight forever? I mean, they're both very young, very ambitious. So yeah. Roxy's kind of like the. Third, the second fiddle to the two of them, if you could have put yeah, it yeah. in that sense. Um, Gino Medina, um, a guy who was a former MLW guy, but has really found himself back in the Texas independent scene, a guy who's been killing it. Um, the, that's the matches that come to my head. Um, then also, our spring break, cannot stress enough, our spring break is going to be brilliant. Um, Nick Gage will be getting his title back against Ricky Shane Page. I will put my money down yeah. on that. It's all, it's all <laughs> been leading up to this for a long time and obviously waylaid yeah, we, with injury and we, everything like that. We have been waiting here in America. The GCW, the MDK gang, shouts to my MDK gang. You guys are awesome. Um, we have been freaking waiting for Nick, the king, Nick Gage, to get back on his pedestal. I believe that will happen come um, Friday the ninth for our spring break. Another match I'm really looking forward to on that one is Atticus Koger versus Masada. That is one that's been five years in the making. Five years. Because Atticus started doing the skiers when he started doing death matches. Yeah. And if you saw the promo video that he did, he had right. said he never thought he'd even be on the same level as him. Now he's there. Yeah. Masada's like was the man who innovated the skiers. Atticus has tried to perfect them. It's a skewer versus skewer battle of epic proportions that who knows what's going to happen there. The violence will ensue greatly for that one. Um, speaking of Billy Starks, she's slated to have a match with another teenage standout in Starboy Charlie. I don't know if you've heard of Starboy yeah, Charlie. Yeah, I have. Yet. I have, yeah. Another really impressive. How old is he? He's like 16 Starboy's or something Starboy's well, also like... 16 as well. Yeah. It, yeah, when we talk about these younger wrestlers, they make us feel old, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Exactly. Um, that's going to be a match that is going to be absolutely epic. And, of course, I think really for me the big event of the collective is Planet Death. That That is my bread and butter show. That is a show I have talked to Alex Cohen about. That is a show I have heavily invested my time into. The, um, 
that's a show I can't stress enough. That that is going to be the show of the weekend. I know, I know people who are still kind of on the fence about deathmatch wrestling, and that's why I made the show to be like to give a positive platform to this art form I love. And to me, Alex Cologne, me and Alex Cologne kind of are on like the same same wavelengths. You know, we both care a lot about this, and I can't stress enough how amazing Planet Death will be. Like that, that like every match on that show, which mind you, if you've talked, heard Alex talk about, will be all stipulation based. Yeah. Every match is gonna be unique. It's not gonna be stuff that's just thrown together. Like there's gonna be like if you've heard the main event announcement that Alex did with Lucky Thirteen. The Danny Havoc tribute match, which will be an old CZW stipulation, by the way, the double class crush death match, which basically is going to be kind of like a two of everything kind of deal. Yeah. So, double the violence, double the death, as we want to put it. I love it when they do um, like a card full of stipulations, like Big Japan do it all the time, and and freedoms yeah. and stuff like that. They declare what it's going to be, and rather than everybody having access to everything, it really like uh, gives you each kind of match its own flavor. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing with Alex Colon that he's been doing recently. Yes, like you have your tournaments where he is a two-time tournament survival champion going for that three-peat this year. But like he, like the match he had New Year's Eve with Atticus, or New Year's Day, I should say, with Atticus, um, this, um, his, it was a four corners of pain death match with Atticus. New Year's Day. It wasn't built like that. And no one kind of announced it, but he told me and a bunch of people that would listen, like, this was a four corners of pain. Then, of course, you saw the match at GCW Take Care with Nolan Edward, which I highly recommend for anyone who's, like, that's a match, like, if I were to show someone, like, a modern-day death match, that's the match I'm going to show. Like, that's this, like, it was just panes of glass with a couple tubes. That's it. And, like, a table here and there, but that's a match where you're like, okay, like you're interested in deathmatch, boom. Alex Cologne, Nolan Edward, which, by the way, congrats, Nolan Edward. He is going to have a fucking awesome WrestleMania, man. I cannot stress enough that kid. He's only, I believe, 2021. 20, yeah. And he, he, I could see him on TV in a few years down the road. Yeah, exactly. He he has all the ingredients to to make it all the way. And already putting on, like, like you say, stories, like great wrestling stories as well um i had seen seen him before but the one that really stood out to me and i recorded an episode where i, I talked about it um was his match in the pit fighter uh against dan muff like the nolan yes. edwards uh no flinch challenge that was yes. just such a fun fight man like it was really enjoyable um I did a, an episode called Watching Death Matches with my dad where I talk about showing him that match. <laughs> I couldn't get him on the podcast, uh, but uh, oh, I, he's like an Australian bush ranger, basically, is my dad, right? So oh, getting wow. getting his... Uh, well, that's how I describe him. Uh, he, he, like, him watching it and, like, just seeing Dan Ma for the first time, he's like, oh, fuck. Like, he's like <laughs> this unit, you know? And it was a Dude, great, great Dan story. Ma. Yeah. Dan motherfucking Moff. He has some tough shit coming up this yeah. weekend. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. He is a tough SOB. If you've never seen Dan Moff wrestle, um, I, I have Watch a match. Watch yeah, that him. match. The the Nolan Edwards, No Flinch, no Flinch Challenge. Challenge is awesome. The one I want to always recommend to people is the one with Mance Warner he had. 
Oh, okay. I haven't no, seen no it. It's No Holds Barred 1. So oh, oh, yeah. oh, I did see it. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was when he was retiring, right, or, or going to Ring of Honor. So, Well, yeah. I think he was just trying to go full-time to Ring of Honor, yeah. so he kind of was trying to not pigeonhole himself. So Yeah, yeah. But, no, Dan Moss a tough SOB. Really, he, he is um, – he also trains wrestlers as well, yeah. as I found yeah. out. Oh, I um, that. So that's a really interesting point. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. there's a there's a lot to look forward to May weekend, and we we're going to be talking about that just a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's probably a pretty good segue actually, since we we now found ourselves talking about a lot of the guys that are going to be in in the tournament. We're going to talk about, which is the two day show from ICW No Holds Barred, and it's yes. the Battle of the Tough Guys Pit Fighter X tournament. So uh, we, we've both written down our brackets and we're going to run a little tipping contest here uh, to see who, <laughs> who can, uh, who can uh, get the most right and win the day. What do you think about that? So, yeah, I, I wanted to add kind of a little something to that as well. I know this is kind of a surprise, surprise, but um, oh, no. I was thinking whoever mm-hmm. comes out on top of this, the uh-huh. winner or the loser will donate to the winner's charity of choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So something to kind of give back to the world yeah. as we're talking about guys being the everlasting shit out of each other. <laughs> I don't hate that, man. It's fun. It put, put something in the pot and make it a little bit more interesting. I instantly wonder if I should have spent more time on my tips and not have done them when I was drunk yesterday. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how we go. This, we'll this might come back go. to haunt me. Um, it was just something I wanted to put out there. because Yeah, I mean, that's great. That's I, great. I, I'm, I'm a philanthropist in my mm-hmm. own right. I've yeah. donated to countless charities across mm-hmm. the United States and the world yeah. throughout my entire livelihood in this earth. Mm-hmm. So just another way to donate and um, we'll talk about charities of choice later. So, yeah. When we, when we talk again, after this is all done, we can announce our, our charities and stuff. I'll have to do As- a, bit, a bit of research and decide who, who I'd want absolutely. to do. But, absolutely. but yeah, absolutely. I I'm for it, man. And I love a little bit of stakes. It, uh, it makes it all the more exciting. I can watch the first day live uh, because that lands uh-huh. on a Friday, which I don't work. But then the second day, I'm at work yeah. when it happens, so I'm going to have to be on social media blackout on that uh, that Saturday. Yeah, over here. I, I hear then, you. Yeah, no worries. We'll we'll make it happen when yeah. we make it happen. I I am sure. I am totally down for it, man. And there's there's some killer lineups on this tough guys tournament. It's exactly what it is. It's going to be a hard hitting yeah uh, slog fest, man. So we'll start over on the left hand side of the bracket here, and it starts with the sure. man that we were speaking of, Dan Marf, and he's versing an absolute unit. In Bruce Santi. I've loved Bruce Santi's matches with Justin Kyle. Both Just really two, that first one, like, I was like, holy shit. This, I, I've watched that match multiple times, and I very rarely, like, watch things back, but I just really enjoyed it. And, like, at the end, Danny's like, <laughs> I, I thought it was real funny, and he's back now, but at the time, Danny's like, and, you know, you're here now and you can be here anytime you want. And Bruce said to him, he's like, nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> he was over it. He was like, oh, I don't know about that because this was like some hard-hitting shit. So I'm really excited to see the way uh, this one plays out. Who you got uh, Who you got for this one? So, yeah, I mean, Bruce Santee is a guy that I think someone who really belongs in the pit yeah. is a guy who you can't talk about pit fighter without talking about Bruce Santee. Of course, Dan Moth as well, a guy who he's not afraid to get violent, but he, he's, a, he's a fighter. He's a fighter through and through. This is probably one of the tougher first-round ones mm. to predict 
But I, I have been hell-bent that we are going to get Justin Kyle versus Bruce Santee number three in this tournament. So I'm going to go with Bruce Santee taking the dub over Dan Ma. Right. Have they not already uh, announced number three? I thought they had. I'm not too sure. Let me see. Either way, it might uh, be number four. Might be number four. Might be number four, but I think though you're, I don't you're think seeing we're going to see those two again. Their money together. You reckon it's going to be Santee versus Justin Kyle, who's in the next thing? It, exactly. And it's like yeah, yet definitely. again these two guys that are so well oh, yeah, matched no, it, just running into each four. other. This will be four. This will be four. So maybe I still think Bruce Santee wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe I don't know if we're going to get that Bruce Santee. They might be just destined to fight forever and beat the shit. They want it. They're one of those pairings, right? That you're like, let's go. Like you can't see it too many times. It's like, yeah, absolutely. And um, I always tell this to people like Bruce Santee reminds me of those like 1990s style UFC fighters when the UFC was first starting. Like, yeah. He he has the look of just some dude with the the straw cowboy hat with the jeans. Yeah. He looks like a dude who just does not care, but you mess with him, he's going to kick your You know ass. what he looks like? He looks like a, a villain from Double Dragon or something. Like, like, yes. <laughs> if you and I are on a yes. side-scroller and we're cruising along, you get to the very end of the level, and it's like, da, da, oh da, and a door gets smashed open, and out comes Bruce Santee. You've got to beat him. He's so, listening to this, make so this happen awesome. like a, a meme. Of like Bruce Santee and Double Dragon or yeah. something like that. Animate it uh, with me and Lauren as the two Double Dragon brothers. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yeah, Hell yeah. Exactly. I don't have the skills to do that, but that would be amazing. No, no, no. Well, uh, whatever. It'll be hilarious. Well, I, I went with Dan Marth. I really think uh, when he came into the pit versus Nolan Edwards, uh, I really thought that was something he shined in. Dan even said after the match, he was like, you just needed to find your home and this is fucking it. And I feel like the pit is built for him. So I'm really thinking like Dan Moff could go really deep in this tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan Moff is kind of a dark horse in this tournament looking at everything. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of wish I went with Dan Moff as well, but I think Bruce Santi though, he's kind of like a pit fighter regular. Like yeah. you don't mess with Dan Moff. Like you don't mess with Dan Moff. Like Bruce Santi is like the gut. He's Them the together mode. is just going to be so good, man. Like, I'm just so here for that match just on its own. That could headline a, a pit fighter show, you know? So, and it's like that with a lot of these lineups. So that's going to be killer. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. And then on the the next match along, we've got Justin Kyle, who you spoke about, and Gary J. Um, two hard, hard-hitting guys. Um, rematch of two No Holds Bards ago. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. It's yeah, so a rematch. Shop, right? It is, yes. And Justin this Kyle time, won that first one. not in one, the chains. Yeah, this time exactly. not in the chains. This time it's in the pit. Mm-hmm. This time it is in the pit. I went with, I, I kind of had similar thoughts to you, though. As much as I wanted to pick Gary J, another red-bearded gentleman, and I feel uh, drawn to anybody like that, uh, <laughs> Justin Kyle's a beast, man. And uh, like you said at the pawn shop, though it was a hard-hitting contest, I feel like he just had a little bit more than Jerry. Uh, Jerry? Jerry's not a name. Gary, Gary J. J could handle, and I feel like if... Dan Marth goes through, or Bruce Santee goes through, they're going to run into Justin Kyle, and that's going to be an absolute hoss fight, you know? Yeah, I absolutely hear you, man. Um, I also went with Justin Kyle on this one. Just, I mean, he, he he's like the immovable force that is 
And I, mean, I believe Gary J won their first contest. Oh, did I'm he? Not... Oh, did he roll him up or something? I th- I think so. I I, I believe oh, that is I what might be happened. So it. I think oh, Justin maybe Kyle... maybe I've made a mistake. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, maybe Gary J's got his number then. Um, maybe I misremembered the end. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I also have J- Justin Kyle. He has been an absolute beast since joining the ICW No Holds Barred roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's not much else to say. Yeah, so I think exactly. Justin well, I, I think Justin Kyle is going to run into, yeah, uh, Dan Marfa, Bruce Santee. It's going to be an absolute banger in that next heat. Uh, then we jump over to your boys' violence is forever versing each other, which is pretty wild. Uh, fuck. I, I, this is one... I feel like the ICW no holds bar guys are just kind of messing with me here with this one because <laughs> your heart torn I, I, asunder. I, my my heart is torn here, man. But that being said, I got the man with the plan, the current time bomb champion. If you've listened to my podcast, Time Bomb Pro just had a new champion in the form of Dom Green. It's my pick for this one. Exactly. He's, uh, I have also picked uh, Dom Guarini just because he's been doing some awesome work in ICW. Is this Kevin Koo's first time yes, in this with is, ICW? This is, this, is, this is Kevin Koo's debut with ICW. Yeah. But but I will say that um, Kevin Koo and Dom Guarini are no strangers to each other yeah. in singles competition. They have faced off in several numerous times against each other in several different promotions yeah. across the United States. Well, hearing that it's Kevin Koo's debut, uh, maybe I'm thinking that he could win this now. But either way, I did go Dom Greeny, so I'm going to back in the Bone Collector all the way, yeah? Uh, and, then, and then we're on to, who is it? It's Calvin Tankman and John Davis. Now, I'm not familiar with John Davis uh, at all. Who is he? Tell um, me about him. You, the look on your face tells me you know who he is. So his nickname is That Dude. I have seen him work. <laughs> That's the best nickname I've ever heard. Oh, that Dude, John so Davis. He's, so John Davis is a guy who's been in the pens for years. Yeah. But really, it's been recently. He's a big guy as well. Oh, okay. Like, he, like, if you put, like, this is kind of one of those tournaments that he could really, really shine if given the opportunity that is still remains to be seen, but John Davis is a guy who can go with anybody. I know I, I'm trying to remember. It was a match with him. There was a couple matches I've seen with him and a guy who who can go with anybody. So Calvin Tankman cannot take this match for light. Yeah, I will put that that way. Yeah, well, Calvin Tankman has been a very impressive dude. You've seen him jumping up the ranks everywhere. You've seen him in MLW now. He's all over the place. I um because I did not know John Davis's nickname was that dude, I did not pick him. Otherwise, I definitely would have. So <laughs> I've got um, Cal- Calvin Tankman uh, going through to face Dom Garini in the next round. I got, I got Tankman as well. As much as I love John Davis and as much as I love what he's able to do he's also a shout out to him he will be on for the culture as well yeah mm-hmm. so a guy who is getting numerous bookings in all around the independent landscape 
I got Calvin Tankman as well. He is indestructible, as J- my boy Jay Rose puts it. So <laughs> he'll be an indestructible force to be reckoned with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see hits. him. I'm, I can see him going quite deep in here. So now we jump over to the right hand side of the bracket, and it starts off with the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch, versing. By God, Reed Bentley. By this God, was, Reed uh, yeah, my God, it was a, it was hard to pick this man, and I may regret it immediately, but I picked an upset here. I've gone with Reed Bentley over John Wayne Murdoch. I'm like, it's not in the chains, it's in the, uh, the pit fighter cell. I feel like it could be Reed's opportunity to, uh, get a win over his tag team partner. That's a very good point. I was thinking of John Wayne Murdoch because John Wayne has been the ace of all of ICW. Yep, no bar, pit fighter, you name it. He's been the ace that runs this place. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he hasn't lost a single match for ICW almost since the No Holds Barred inception was Since even the first one, started. right? Like, I think since it's Eric been... Ryan. Yeah, Eric that's Ryan, it. And that's the only one. Yeah, yeah. Which is a rematch that will be happening in the chains. But I I, I I I am a bit torn on this one because yes, you did bring up a good point. Like it's not in the chains. There's and I, I promise you this might be the most violent match of the first round. I think this is you have two death match guys in there. This uh, this ain't no fisticuffs, this ain't no yeah. kicks, punches, whatever. This is gonna be two guys who are gonna bring out the violence in the the pit. So Honestly, I'm going to go with John Wayne Murdoch. It's, it's hard to pass up. As I said, that was a risky pick by me, but I was like, if they're ever going to slide one past John Wayne, it would probably be in the pit. And I think Reed was undefeated for so long also, like with the exception of like the Atticus stuff and things like that. And it could be, you know, it's sort of a bit of an interesting story too that the only person to really get one over him is the guy that knows him better than anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's a rejects warfare kind yeah. of match, so exactly. we're going to be in for a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. And then next uh, next round, we jump down to Schlack versus Akira. Dude, I love Schlack. <laughs> no God, only Schlack uh, versus the Death Samurai Akira. Now, I love Akira. I think he's absolutely awesome. If anybody could get one over Schlack, I think it could be him, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, Schlack is going to end his life. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I got Schlack as well. Um, I, I actually had a conversation, which kind of a spoiler alert, mm-hmm. Akira will be one of my episodes come Mania Week. Mm. Um, yes, he will be one of my episodes Mania Week, so I'm uh, very excited. Um, he is in for a real potential beatdown, but but I'm gonna say this about Kira. He is very amped about this match. He has been begging ICW Brass for this match for months. Right. Death match or not. So I, I would not be surprised if Akira wins this one. Yeah, if he managed to pull it out. Our, yeah. Which would put both our brackets to absolute shame, but <laughs> A fired-up Akira is a dangerous Akira, and you do not want to be in the way of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as I said, if anybody could get past him or figure something out, it would be him. But 
Man, Schlacker's a monster. <laughs> it's hard to... He is. Yeah, He's got a hell of a busy schedule too, come yeah. annual week. Exactly. And then then we're on to next, our, our boy, no flinch, Nolan Edwards, versus somebody that's been popping up on AEW a lot, uh, JD Drake. I don't have much experience with uh, JD Drake either, like besides oh, him man. popping up on the man, AEW. Man, so oh the man, deal? where to start with Tell me. JD Tell me. motherfucking Drake. Mm-hmm. He... So these two actually have a very interesting history with oh, each yeah. other. So you know the towel that no the no flinch Nolan Edward without the S as Schlack would love to tell us all. Um, so the towel, the white towel that Nolan wears to the ring, yes. was actually a towel handed down to him from JD Drake oh. from a previous match. Yes. So the two of them have very good history together. JD Drake. Um, a fantastic tag team wrestler was part of the now defunct the Workhorsemen with Anthony Henry, another guy who is now in WWE's ranks. Um, a guy who hits hard, comes out hard, who has been in there with some of the best in the world, such as the current NXT UK champion and Walter. He has had a match with him. He has had a match with Austin Theory. He has had a match with everyone in the world. It just kind of blows my mind he doesn't have a contract yet because he is one of the hardest working guys in the business, hands down. Wow. Um, this match with Nolan is is going to be like a full circle kind of thing because Nolan was kind of one of his first matches when he came into wrestling, which J.D. Drake, and of course the towel, as I just mentioned. Um, this is a tough one, but I would honestly say... Nolan gets the victory here. I think Nolan pulls it off. Yeah. And I think uh, from what you said, even just telling that story, um, I think I think Nolan would probably come out on top and come full circle and sort of uh, be his sort of, you know, going past his mentor and uh, and moving into being a man of his own right kind of deal. But, um, yeah, and I, I want to tell us to everyone who's experiencing J.D. Drake for the first time, if you've seen on AEW or not, I know the Wednesday he's going to be having a match with Darby Allen, yeah. which I know will be great. It's J.D. Drake, as I said. Like, get to know him. Like, I, I, I highly recommend any J.D. Drake match in the Pantheon was matches. Even with the Workhorsemen. If you've never seen a Workhorseman match, those matches are fantastic independent wrestling matches of tag team glory. Yeah, right. Who was his uh, – so the Workhorseman was his tag team. Who was his partner? Anthony Henry. Okay. Anthony Henry, who's now in um, NXT. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. So, well, yeah, oh. no. Anthony Henry was another guy who I, – I, I actually – fun story of my own. As I said, I'm a philanthropist. I actually sponsored an Anthony Henry match for Black Label Pro. His match with Ben Carter. So, um, shout out to Anthony Henry. I know he's chilling in Florida, enjoying the life as a – professional wrestler for NXT. Um, he was awesome to me. He thanked me a lot for the sponsorship, and I, that's how much I care about independent wrestling, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I'm going to go back and check those guys out because that sounds really interesting. Um, following that up, it is the human shotgun, Brett Eisen versus Red Death, Danny Garcia. I, I've got... Brett Eisen all day. I feel like if not for COVID, he would be so deep in ICW <laughs> now, but he got pulled away. He had that 
banger with uh, oh my god Eddie Kingston that essentially yes. then went on to getting him signed when he cut that promo afterwards. I feel like everybody sees really big things for Brett Eisen, uh, and I, I've I've picked him deep in this tournament, man. I feel like it's built for him. I I also have Brett Eisen deep in this tournament. I don't have him winning it. But I do have Brett Eisen going deep. He is a guy, if you've never seen Brett Eisen work, and this is for anyone in Australia, this is anyone watching for the first time with Brett Eisen, he's a guy, like, there, there's a little group, I don't know if you know this, it's called Kill or Be Killed. Yeah, K-O-B-K. Nolan's in it, right? It, yeah. Yeah. K-O-B-K, it's Eisen, Akira, Nolan, shout out to most, uh, kind of like their manager and stuff. Um, shout out to all those guys in that. Um, Tennessee, Indiana, that area of the world of independent wrestling because they are just killers. Yeah, they are killers, killers, killers. And I mean, Brett Eisen has my pick, but I'm going to say this about Daniel Garcia. I don't want Daniel Garcia to feel left out of this conversation because no, not at all. I went off he, on a tear about Brett Eisen because <laughs> I, I, I know, love him, I but uh, Danny Garcia is the real deal as well. He so. If you know that area of the country in Buffalo, New York, they take their wrestling extremely seriously. If you know who's there, you understand in the terms of the butcher, Andy Williams, who was also the guitarist of Every Time I Die, the Blade, Braxton Sutter, Pepper Parks, whatever you want to call him, Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood. There are some fantastic wrestlers out of Buffalo, New York. I cannot stress enough. New York itself as an independent wrestling hub is something else. And, and congrats to Daniel Garcia, who is the um, limitless champion. He is the C4 champion. Wow. Him and Lee Moriarty are going to have a banger of a match yep. the week after Mania. That submission match is going to be legendary. Buffalo Red Death, as I always like to say with him, yeah. Daniel Garcia is an absolute banger of a match waiting to happen. Yeah, exactly. Him and, him and Ison is going to be killer. Like, I think it's going to be an absolute banger. But, yeah, I've got Ison going through. Yeah, absolutely. Brett Ison, he's, as you said, he's the human shotgun, man. Yeah, exactly. Just the hardest hitting dude. So back over to the other side. We've now uh, into the next round. For me, I have uh, Dan Marth versus Justin Kyle. And I have picked Dan Marth to go over Justin Kyle into the next round. And you have Bruce Santee versus Justin Kyle. Who you got out of that one? Um, I have Justin Kyle going there. I mean, I think the stakes are pretty high. I mean, this could not even be this. This might not even be a second round. But I do have Justin Kyle going far in this one. Um, so I think Justin Kyle will come out of the second round. But then again. Who knows what's going to happen going the second round? You could you could have a perfect bracket. I cannot, so we'll see. Yeah, exactly. This is why I love tournaments, man, and I love doing this kind of stuff because it could be blown out and completely cooked like immediately. You know, there could be so many upsets, <laughs> and you and I might be sitting here like, oh, we didn't get one right. So <laughs> we'll, yeah, see, right. we'll see how it goes. But we, we do have a few different tips, so that's going to be interesting because there'll be ones where we've definitely got different outcomes. Um, down in the next bracket. I've got Dom Guarini uh, versus Calvin Tankman, and I've got Calvin Tankman going on to the next round. How about you? I'm going to say Dom Guarini here. I love it. Dom has 
Dom actually does have a win over Tankman in Paradigm Pro, so he is very familiar with Tankman's style of the shoot style that is fighting in the pit, yeah. as we want to put it here. So I got Dom Graney here. I think he's a guy who's been away from ICW for a bit, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think Dom Graney fits that. Yeah. Personification uh, very well. I think so. I think they're very high on him. I think it's very dangerous. I agonized over this one for a bit. But then I was looking down the line and I'm like, oh, I just can't pass up that Dan Marth Calvin Tankman <laughs> semi-final. Right. I was like, I oh, that'd be man. so killer. But that's what, what you can break this down though, and it's just dream match after dream match. You know what I mean? Like it could be uh, Dom Greeny versus Justin Carl would be killer. Dom Greeny versus Dan Marth would be killer versus Bruce Antisa. It all works, you know, no matter which way you go. So, and yeah, maybe they want to save that for later, you know. So, okay, so on to Dom Greeny. Um, over on the next side, then I'm going to have, by God, Reed Bentley versus. No God only Schlack. And I have picked Reed Bentley going over Schlack. I may regret it. Uh, if he ever finds me, I'm sure I will. But uh, I, I think Reed Bentley's a crafty competitor. I think he's one of the most underrated guys in ICW, and I can picture him going on to the next round. So funny thing you mentioned that because it would be a rematch of the, la- of the last Pit Fighter show where Reed – and Schlack went to war. Mm. I, I believe, I think Schlack won that one. I think he did. Yeah, I do, well, like yeah, yeah I, I think he did. And so the, you do have a good point where Reed would be looking for vengeance with that. But John Wayne Murdoch versus Schlack, Ooh. in kind of a rejects get their revenge on Schlack. I got John Wayne Murdoch yeah. in a rematch of what was one of my ICW No Holds Bards matches of the year candidates in John Wayne Murdoch versus Schlack from No Holds Bard 2. Yeah. One of the most batshit crazy violent affairs so good. I've seen in the modern day of deathmatch history. Absolutely. And yet another gore fest in this tournament is if they end up, or <laughs> if they get next or to each us. other absolutely uh so then i've got uh two guys both a, a, a kobk showdown in no flinch nolan edward versus brett eisen but as i said i've got the human shotgun going really deep so i've got him stepping over uh, Norman Edwards is, to the yeah. next round. <laughs> I think we both agree there. Eisen's going to take the dub. As much as we love Nolan, as yeah. much as we love what he's been able to do, I think Eisen's a man on a mission this tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing this being his coming out party, you know. Uh, we could be completely wrong. Maybe he's knocked out in the first round by Danny Garcia. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm completely wrong, but I've got him going deep, man. I feel like this is coming out party for him. Absolutely. Eisen has been... He's been um he had a match on Soups Southern Underground Pro mm-hmm. which is of course based out of Nashville Tennessee at the famous Basement East. Yeah. Um I forget who that was with but I know that was a very good match but Ison is a guy who runs that Tennessee down to the south kind of part of the independent regions if we're talking here where he just has match of the match of the match and, it, and they're all just really good. It's Brett Ison man. Yeah. Is a weapon. And as I said, I think if not for all the lockdowns and the different things keeping him away, we would have seen a lot more of him. Uh, in yeah, a- absolutely. absolutely. Especially in like the pit fighter kind of scenario. So back over to the other side. Uh, 
We've got, for me, it's going to be Dan Marth versus Calvin Tankman. And I'm picturing Dan Marth, the veteran, heading into the finals. And you're going to be looking at, is it, what did we say? Tankman. Dom Greeny versus Dom Greeny versus Justin Kyle for you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Dom Greeny versus Justin Kyle. Um, I would probably have Justin Kyle... I would probably have Justin Kyle. I think Kyle's going to go to the finals of this. Yeah, right. Um, you could easily As much say as I it. love what Dom has been able to do, I, I just don't think Justin Kyle is going to be able to be moved a centimeter. Yeah. But, hey, if Dom Green or anybody's listening to this, take take what we're doing here today and take it as motivation. Yeah. Is that take all it is? Justin Kyle win this. Any of these to guys. To put us wrong. <laughs> to make us wrong. <laughs> And come out with Make the dub. Wrong, That's okay? what we want. There is no wrong answers in here. And, like, literally any of these guys in this tournament could be the winner. Like, it's it's such a good tournament. It's so well laid out. Uh, over on the other side, I'm going to be seeing Reed Bentley versus Brett Eisen. And as I said, it's a, it's the, the coming out party. Brett Eisen into the final. And, and a big win over Reed Bentley, that would be. Johnny Murdoch over Ison would be, I believe, if people were seeing this term on paper, they would probably say Johnny Murdoch versus Brad Ison. Johnny Murdoch, he's the ace, he can't lose. But I, I really think, as you said, the coming out party for Brad Ison is essential here. Yeah, it, it is. I think th- this is what he's been working for. And I think Ison gets this win, a big one over the ace yeah. of ICW and John Wayne Murdoch. Exactly. Because in this tournament, like whenever you do something like this, I personally think you you want it to launch somebody, right? Like you want to build a star. like And yeah. something to hang their hat on. John Wayne Murdoch is already the Duke. He's already the ace. He's basically the champion of ICW, you know? So yeah. he doesn't really need this other feather in his cap. So whoever it is... I feel like it's going to be their thing to hang their hat on. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, this, this could be a very interesting tournament. This yeah. could be – both of our brackets are going to be complete shit by the end of this. Who knows? <laughs> and and uh, like I said, any of the guys, like you're you're talking – so we're both – you've got Justin Kyle versus Brett Eisen in, in the final, and I've got Dan Marth versus Brett Eisen. Any of those guys, easily the winner. Like it would not – shock at all uh but as i said i'm i'm pulling for brett eisen to win the whole thing man i'm I'm the same way so i i I think justin kyle though could be a very very tough draw for anybody Mm. they're very high on him and he he has been kind of owning the pit fighter x scenario but i i feel like as we've said this could be a star making performance for brett eisen and yeah I think this is his tournament to win. And a guy that is not talked about enough for his accolades, not a lot of championships. I mean, he was the former Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm champion. He's a guy who has ran Tennessee independent wrestling. You cannot talk about Tennessee independent wrestling without Brett Eisen. So, I mean, he is a guy who runs that state. You cannot enter that state without going through the human shotgun. So, Tennessee rise up because I we believe both believe Brett Eisen 
is your boy for the Battle of the Tough Guys tournament winner. Absolutely. And I think the way that we decide, we, we're just going to, the only way we can uh, decide who has won in our own little mini contest is just the, amount, it's just the amount of wins, right? Like uh, how, yeah. many, how many ticks can you get on your scorecard? And then we'll, we'll see how that works out. Absolutely, 100%. I'm excited for this, man. This has been a long time coming, doing these collaborative things with people. And so, again, thank you for having me on. Uh, this, this, this is going to be a fun idea, honor. man. I can't wait to uh, watch it all watch it all play out. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have some back and forths and stuff like that, and then uh, <laughs> then we'll get back, back on and we'll, uh, we'll break down the entire thing, review it, and uh, see who's donating to charity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that that will be killer. Now one, I've been doing this like little segment uh, at the end of of my podcast, or at least I'm starting to. Uh, I haven't okay. done the one, and so I'm just putting people on the spot, and it's basically just just run down real quick uh, a match or a wrestler that you've been feeling like this week. So if uh, you've been watching stuff, you've been going through old stuff, you've just seen something that's got you super jacked. What are you really high on this week? Ooh. So, in Freedoms, mm-hmm. there's a match that came out. It was, I, I'm going to, I'm trying to go off the top of my head. It was Toru Sugiera, their champion, versus Ueki, the challenger, who was a part of a new faction there in ERE. It was a cinder blocks, light tube, something death match. And I can't help... But get put this match over because it's probably one of the more creative death matches I've seen in all deathmatch wrestling. If you've never seen this match, I highly recommend it. The, the, the things they do will will bring you shock and awe for sure, mm-hmm. especially those headbutts. Like find your like when I when I say these headbutts are terrifying, you're hearing shoot headbutts like thuds like. Oh. We're talking like, like Shibata headbutts, like terrifying. Like take the Shib- yeah. yeah, like the, the, like Shibata has that part had that parlor trick to a science, mm-hmm. but these guys are just doing shoot headbutts for the sake of just wanting to do imply harm on each other. Yeah. So I want if if anyone's ever listening to this or anyone's watching this, go to a, like a quiet room, like quiet room. Find there's got there's clips all over Twitter of the the headbutt exchange. And just listen to those thuds for a good few seconds. You will you will thank your lucky stars. You are as healthy as you can be. You may hate headbutts, but for those of you who are curious about this match, it is Ueki versus Toru Sugiera. Uh, Freedoms. It just happened, I believe, a couple weeks ago. They, they did some really crazy stuff. I know there was like this. It was, oh, it was a light tube bridge. It was a, wow. it was like a, it was like a scaffold of like light tubes, um, or not a scaffold, but like there was like this bridge that was just the light tubes, and like there was a ladder holding it up, and there's a spot I'll never forget it where like Ueki's like on the floor, and mind you, this was after an exchange of cinder blocks where like Ueki had a cinder block in his head. And Toru just throws this other cinder block at his head. Oh, I think I saw that clip. They're, 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 they're murdering each other with freaking cinder blocks. Yeah, but so Toru, like, sees Ueki under the light tube bridge. And instead of, like, trying to suplex him over that, or you know, he literally does a tope cone hello through the light tube bridge onto the floor. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was one of the craziest things I had ever seen in my life. I was like, 
Um, really good match. Freedoms, if you, I, I know you've probably watched some Freedoms here and there. I, I've been to Ocean Keeper first ring. I've watched some. Yeah, live. I've been to. Sh- yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> but so, Freedoms right now is a promotion along with the wrestlers, along with the Takedas to the Kasais, the Sakudas, who has absolutely been killing it. They've found the storylines. They're hitting the, the the ground running with some really great ideas. They're getting guys really good pushes. I mean, like in the in the world of Japanese deathmatch wrestling, Freedoms right now is bringing the gold standard, in my opinion. Yeah, they they absolutely kill it. If you've never watched a Freedoms match before, people check it out because uh, pro wrestling Freedoms really turns it out, and it's one of like the coolest venues that they work out of. It's like the best vibe when you go there. It's fun to watch. Like, yeah, they're just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's, there's the answer that's to your a, question. That's a great you one. Thank versus... you for coming up with something on the fly as I just uh, dropped you in it with, <laughs> with no warning. Nope. So, hey, hey, I'm all for it, my friend. Yeah, he's, he's always ready. He's always got something uh, up his sleeve. So tell me, where do, where do people find you on social media, my dude? Okay, so in regards to the podcast, I mostly just use Twitter. So it is at Lauren, Y-D-O-D. Again, that is at Lauren, L-O-R-E-N for spelling purposes, Y-D-O-D for your dose of death. Everything is through there. Um, If people want to buy merch, I actually have merch, which people don't realize. Um, It's kind of something like I kind of pondered and – was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to do merch, but then I'm going to do merch. Thanks to, um, I want to give a big shout out to my friend John McNulty for creating the design of what I call the white type red paint. Your Dose of Death shirt is it's it. on my, it, yeah, you see it's on my cover. That's, That's my design. Um, if you want my sh- uh, merch, I only have one thing on there. It's just at whatamaneuver.net. Just look up Your Dose of Death on there. Ships around the world and it goes Shapes me to the development of this fantastic podcast. Um, I do use Facebook, but I don't really accept many friend requests on there, so I kind of don't want to promote my Facebook. Um, Instagram is um, r underscore Lauren. I, I mostly use that just to kind of see what else is going on in the world of wrestling and all that. But really, if you want the big, uh, the latest breaking news for this podcast, at Lauren YDOD on Twitter is where you can find me with interesting wrestling takes and deathmatch opinions and all good things for your dose of death podcast. Awesome. Lauren, thanks so much for your time, man. This has been fun. I look forward to talking shit with you about this uh, tournament coming up and uh, getting ready to knock it all out. So for your dose of death, for faces and feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out.